Today on the Almond Journey podcast. If anybody's going to win, we're going to win in this deal. Is it going to be painful short term? Yes, it's already there. But I don't see how you have any choice but to be optimistic. Otherwise, people will just give up. And I, I've never seen this industry being willing to give up. A dose of reality and optimism from around the industry at the Almond Conference 2022. And welcome back to the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On this show, as you probably know, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I get to travel up and down the valley to feature the leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their local communities, and advance the almond industry. Today, we travel to Sacramento for the Almond Conference 2022 to sit down with nine different people from throughout the industry. We're going to hear what's on top of their minds as we enter 2023 and what keeps them optimistic about the future of almonds in the new year and beyond. What I heard from interviewing these folks and others was both an acknowledgement of the current challenges facing the almond industry, but also quite a bit of optimism for the future ahead. What keeps them so optimistic? Well, you're about to find out. That tone was set when the Almond Board of California President and CEO Richard Waycott gave his State of the Industry presentation in Sacramento. He joined me later that week to talk about his message. The general context of this year's conference, as well as the State of the Industry Address, we wanted to make sure that it was a very transparent, realistic, honest appraisal of our current situation and not trying to sugarcoat anything. But at the same time, inform and, and educate our industry about all the amazing things that are going on that uh, will play in the short, medium, long term into uh, the future success of the industry. And I think we achieved that pretty well in that uh, on the agricultural side, on the marketing side, on the regulatory side, uh, there are just tremendous uh, and innovative things going on. So uh, I hope that the folks that attended took that home with them that, uh, yeah, these are tough times. Uh, it's a 25-year bet that you're placing when you plant an orchard. And inevitably, you're going to have some down years throughout that. Fortunately, largely speaking, we've had very successful years in this industry. And that uh, when we do get in a tough patch, uh, you know, the tough get going and don't dwell on their problems, but, uh, you know, try and and implement solutions for the industry, again, to, to keep us successful. So again, I hope that's what most people took away. As Richard put it, nobody's sugarcoating the challenges the industry is facing. But I think the fact that everyone embraced the current realities allowed for some optimism to set in about the long-term prospects of almonds. Grower, Holler Scheller, and Almond Alliance board member Dick Cunningham said, now is the time to not just endure these challenges, but to engage. You know, right now we have a surplus of product on the market. And of course, the end users, the buyers, they all know it. So the only way to change that is to work through it. And uh, yeah, to me, almonds are on sale right now. And anybody that wants to, that likes to use them, they need to be buying them because uh, it won't be like this forever. But in the meantime, if you're a grower, you got to figure out how to get through it, right? And so that's why at the Almond Alliance, we're diligent in working on anything that can affect or help getting rid of the surplus of almonds that we have right now. So we've got a great group of people 
at the almond board and just the almond industry in general. There's a lot of smart people, a lot of hardworking people, and uh, I just have to have optimism that we'll figure out a way to get through this and, you know, go on to the next because over 50 years I've seen plenty of times to where it looked bleak and things weren't good and, you know, people fall by the wayside and the ones you hang on do pretty well. So it's going to take a lot of work. And, uh, you know, I, I really encourage any almond grower to be a member of the Almond Alliance because this is where the rubber meets the road and where work gets done. And there's a lot of work to do. If you're not engaged, they're feasting on you. Moniz Seth sees reasons for optimism as well. He's the president and owner of Farmers International in Chico, which has been a grower, processor, holder, and exporter of almonds for the past 32 years. Moniz pointed out that the industry has already marketed a three billion pound crop before, and once some of these short-term issues are out of the way, he's confident it could be done again. I think a couple of things. One thing is that we have marketed three billion pound crops a couple of years ago. And we were very successful with that before the COVID, before logistical challenges. The industry is uh, very resilient. Uh, there is a very good infrastructure in place in terms of, you know, the UC cooperative extensions, the almond board, the people in the industry, the processors, the growers. It's a very dynamic situation here. And uh, we just have to overcome the barriers that we have in terms of logistical challenges or the inflation or the war. And I think we could have overdone some of the production. Maybe the industry was doing too well. Maybe a lot of people from outside came in, invested in it. So I think the availability of water, the Sigma coming in, I think it's going to restrict the growth in terms of the supply of the almonds. Uh, but at the same time, I think the innovation and the demand side, especially the almond board, is going to keep working on increasing the awareness. And we have countries like India and China where people are going to need good food, high protein stuff, uh, which is vegan also. Combined all these factors, I'm kind of hopeful and positive that this industry is going to grow. Fourth-generation almond grower Robert Holterman shares in this optimism about the long-term prospects for almonds, the only crop that they grow. But he says in the short term, he's focused on also finding ways to be more efficient and to get through the tough economic times. I would say the biggest focus right now is finding a way to continue to be efficient if there's any places that we can cut costs on, ways to keep yields up. So I think trying to find that balance of really tightening it up during these tougher economic times. So I, I think all almond growers right now are in the same boat. We've had some challenges, but I think there will be a lot of opportunities on, on the back end. And one point that's not been brought up yet and really probably doesn't get brought up enough is that markets continue to develop for not only the almond kernel, but for the holes in the shells as well. And that's one reason Early Mart-based custom almonds manager Bikram Hundel says he's bullish on the future of almonds. I tell everybody, what other commodity that is out there that has like zero waste? We look at an almond, you have their hull, you have their shell, you have a use for it. Even the inedibles that are coming out from the almonds, we can process to make some animal feed or oil out of it. So if we really think about it, there's like zero waste. This almond as a nut 
there's literally like no waste that is out there. So which other commodity they can say, oh, well, we are running pistachio, they're their shells, they have to throw those away, the hulls and whatnot. But uh, for this, you have a great use for each and every part of an almond throughout its whole life cycle. Yes, so that's what I believe that this industry will be there forever and will continue to thrive. But of course, there's no denying that the industry is facing real challenges right now. And likely, it'll take time to work through all of those. John Lee Dunn is a grower herself and the growth and development manager for Henderson Farms, based in Arbuckle. She says they face the same challenges a lot of others in the industry do, but they've found ways to instill hope as a core value in their company. I mean, anybody here at this conference, the Ammon Board Conference, any grower can tell you some of those challenges, whether it's drought in Northern California, but a huge freeze affected, you know, a lot of our production, a lot of our ranches, and especially our holer sheller input costs, inflation. I can list all the same things everybody else can. And we know that those are realities, but we can still come to work every day, honoring each other, having a positive attitude and that's how the challenges of the ag industry affect my job because we don't want to just sugarcoat those challenges, but at the same time, we want it to still be a positive experience every day we come to work. We still enjoy working together. We're still passionate about what we do. We're still trying to innovate and be creative and find new ways of doing things, maybe because of challenges, not in spite of the challenges. So that's kind of how it impacts that. The other thing I would say One of our core values is hope and hope is harder to define. And for us, it's a position of the heart that we try to have influence all we do. To us, it means we don't just make decisions based on bad news or because of fear or anxiety. And so, yeah, the reality might be (laughs) our holer was significantly impacted by the freeze and that affects everybody, but we can still come to work trying new innovative ways of doing things. We can still come to work valuing each other. And so even in the midst of reality, having hope guide what we do. So that's kind of how the challenges of the Ammon industry. And I mean, every year it has challenges, but I think right now we're feeling them more, at least maybe more than we have, at least in most of my time at Henderson Farms, which has mostly been the past, I'd say 10, 11 years. And I mean, honestly, the work that our handlers are doing, we're talking about passionate people who are good at what they do, who are finding solutions to hard issues like the supply chain issue and shipping our ammons through the ports. Those are things I don't want to tackle. And I am so glad that we have people willing to do that and are good at it. And I have a lot of confidence in their ability to do that. And the Ammon Board, the work they're doing in marketing and research and the health benefits, I mean, you the Ammon industry is very uniquely positioned in that we have extensive studies, extensive data, extensive experience in facing challenges and overcoming them. And I think that that gives me hope that we have passionate people in the right positions, creating solutions and being driven to be stronger because of these challenges. And third-generation Wesley farmer Keith Yamamoto has hope as well. He sees the current challenges as part of a cycle that will be tough, but will also recover. If you're in a liquid position and you also have water, so you're liquid in both ways, I think almonds in the long term are a good bet. If you look at a 25-year average, we just have to be honest with ourselves and say we've had a pretty damn good run. And there's going to be troughs. And when you have a good price for so long, we overproduce. We've done it in other 
other ag commodities in the past and it'll probably happen again with either almonds or something else so i, I think uh, the the counterbalance to the price of where we're at not taking into account of uh well it's all it's finance right so it's interest rates is a, is a countering supply water supply is countering almond supply and um, those two things kind of lead to less liquid in the market to be able to do these developments and so it's 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 a perfect storm you know they were kind of standing at the state of the almond industry where you've got two forces you have this perfect storm of supply and interest rates exchange rates you have kind of this perfect storm and we just gotta ride out the storm like i said if you if you got the gas you can put your foot on the gas but i mean with all those factors there's there's just not a whole lot of liquid out there to do it uh, in a normal operation obviously institutional guys got plenty of that but uh, in a normal operation there's just not a lot to reinvest so you gotta be creative and try to get yourself in a position so when there is a rally in the market or or uh, there's other crops that you can grow, you know, you can take advantage of those and, you know, wait for everything to kind of stabilize, which sounds like it's going to be a little while. And speaking of finances, grower and banker Ted Reimers echoed some of Keith's comments about interest rates and the current macroeconomic situation. A lot of those drivers are where inflation goes, the unemployment rate, things like that, how fast the Fed keeps pushing interest rates up, because when the Fed pushes interest rates up, we have to raise rates as well, along with that ag rate. So, Keep that, watch that. The Ukrainian war has really started to push fertilizer prices up. Uh, we get a lot of our fertilizer out of Russian Ukraine area. And then um, the logistics and the shipping thing, I think is starting to open up a little bit. Um, a lot of discussion around that. So I think those, those few macroeconomic things are, are gonna impact us the most. So hopefully, you know, there's a bright spot here coming in Q2, Q3 of 2023. And, uh, um, I think uh, almond industry has a lot to look forward to as well. And for Brian Ezel, he's responding to the current conditions both in his day job as vice president of the Almond Division for Wonderful Almonds and Pistachios, as well as as chairman of the Almond Board's Global Market Development Committee. The drought has affected us down in Kern County uh, much worse than others, and so we are removing a lot of acres and have removed a lot of acres and... Uh, Consequently, we had an almond plant that was overbuilt <laughs> for the volume we had. So we're in the process now of rechanging our footprint of that plant within our big facility. And at the same time, pistachios is trying to grow very rapidly. So we're giving over some of the big buildings, expensive buildings over to them, which would cost four or five times more to build today than it did eight years ago when we built them. So it's a benefit to them. And then from our side, puts us in a smaller footprint and lowers our cost structure to fit more the size of our almond business right now. Right now, my focus for the next few months is watching that transition happen, make sure we can meet the needs of our customers while certain parts of equipment are shut down. I think on the almond board side, obviously we would love to see demand grow and use up some of this excess and we'd like to supercharge it. So you know, we start our budgeting cycle uh, just after January. We will get together and, and prioritize which uh, countries that we want to focus on this year where we see the most potential and then give direction to the marketing staff to build some plans around what we might do to build demand in those markets for this coming year. And then we'll have a meeting in March and another meeting in May where we'll try to finalize all that and then present to the board for approval based on the budget we came up with. 
And to wrap things up, I don't think anyone could sum up this episode and the grit and resilience of the almond industry overall better than Brian can. If anybody's going to win, we're going to win in this deal. Is it going to be quick? Probably not. Is it going to be painful short term? Yes, it's already there. But I don't see how you have any choice but to be optimistic. Otherwise, people will just give up. And I've never seen this industry being willing to give up. Well, I want to thank every person who took some of their time at the Almond Conference to provide insight into the current state of the almond industry and what they're looking at for 2023 and beyond. You'll be hearing from these folks and others that gave interviews at the Almond Conference in the coming weeks and months on this podcast. So please make sure you are subscribed and stay tuned for that. We here at the Almond Journey podcast believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work in their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders may have sparked a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. And that's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And please pass it along to someone else in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together.